Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Universe Podcast. My name is Leo and I am not your host today. My name is Ellie. My name is Charlotte. And we're going to be your host today. And today Leo is going to answer some questions for a change. Uh-huh. And he's going to read his poem called Dances. Would yes. you like to introduce yourself? Or would you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Sure, yeah. sure. Would you like to introduce you yourself? I've actually I've introduced myself only once before, so uh, I guess I can... Everybody else has introduced themselves more often than I have. Yeah, we, we should know more about our, our host, right? <laughs> well, hello. My name is Leo, as you might know. Uh, you know my voice by, by now, I think. Um, I'm, of course, also a member of the universe, and I I study English and history at the University of Vienna, not in the BED, as to answer the questions that always, that always spring up immediately when I say that. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I write poetry. And I like thinking about and discussing other people's work, and I like reading other people's work. And I like podcasting, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. <laughs> okay, so do you want to start with your reading today? Sure. Yeah? Okay. Why not? So this is called Dances. I'm not quite sure about the title yet, but I couldn't think. It didn't have, it didn't have a title before I sent it off to my hosts today for them to prepare questions so i thought i'd, I'd give it a title and this was the first one that i could think of maybe I you think it's matchy Is it, it works pretty well i was actually uh, wondering about the title because you usually number your yeah mm-hmm. it do- does have a number <laughs> but i don't remember i can look the number up later but i don't, yeah, I don't think okay. people will care yeah. <laughs> it's not it's really okay. important at all <laughs> yeah before we discuss it at length, I guess I should start reading. Yeah. Should I maybe say I should maybe say before before that that it's it's based on a photograph by the German early twentieth century photographer August Sander of three farmers walking to a dance in nineteen fourteen. Dances. Three farmers on their way to a dance, nineteen fourteen. Their heads and lives hanging in the air, caught in between. They're looking back over their shoulder, hesitating mid-stride, here on the way down the road they are walking. They're present, a long-awaited dance, their world still whole, their future, an unlit muddy path, a muddy hall off somewhere in France. A different dance. But not tonight. Tonight they'll spin around in circles, holding on tight to this blurry world, and they'll be drunk on hopes and dreams shortly before the entire world splits at the seams. And you, my friends, do you hesitate? Do you look back over your shoulder at what's behind? Will you come back from whatever dance you're headed to? I hope you will, with your head always in the air. Wow, thank you. Thank you very much. I was wondering, I mean, you said that 
this poem is based on a, pa- a picture, like mm-hmm. a photograph. I was wondering how or where did you encounter this photograph? I saw it in a YouTube video. Really? Okay. <laughs> I saw like a YouTube video about the photograph by famous author John Green. People probably know him. Yeah. And that's where the observation comes from that their heads are... So the horizon in the photograph cuts off the... is like at the same height as their neck is. So it looks like their heads are hanging in the air. Oh, on the pic- that's in the picture. Really I see. Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. Is there what's the historical background of this picture? What, do you know what they were heading, where they were heading to, or what? Did, what does it represent, really? I think all we know is that they were heading to countryside dance in 1914. August Sander was this German photographer who just travelled around Germany uh, mm-hmm. in the early 20th century and photographed ordinary people. Mm-hmm. And why, why were you inspired by this picture particularly? Mostly by what, I don't know, it, it seems kind of significant because it's just, it's a very impactful picture in a way because these men don't know what they're, what, they know what they're walking in, into right now, but they don't know what they're walking into really. In the, it's 1914. Mm-hmm. They probably sense that the political... Or that, you know, there was a storm brewing somewhere, but they wouldn't know that they would probably have to go to war because just just a couple of months later. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what happened to these men. And it's kind of the same, you know, you you know where you're walking to right now, you know, you got your plans for the week, you might mm-hmm. go have your plans for the rest of the semester, but you don't mm-hmm. really have the plan. You don't know what's going to happen during the rest of your life. Anything might happen. And... Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's kind of like a symbol for life's unpredictability? I guess, yeah. That and... I don't know, just... I totally can see what you mean, why you're inspired by it. It's like thinking of it way back in the history and everything. Like you, You're never sure what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And also with your with your friends, I think that's a, another thing that these three men, you know, we don't know who they were, but I like to assume they are friends, and we mm-hmm. don't know if they if they were able to stick together through all of this. True. Kind of like cherish the moment. Yeah. In your life now. Yeah, uh, it, there is a, there probably is like a certain Carpathian aspect to it. <laughs> yeah. Actually. One of my questions is about that. I was wondering um, that if that if you think that this capitium element is a part of is is that kind of what your poem is about? Do you sometimes wish you could escape from your routine and everyday life and just enjoy yourself? I don't know. Uh, um, I didn't really see it in. So much of a daily carpe diem mm-hmm. thingy, a, a daily carpe diem notion, but much rather like yeah, just enjoying your life in general. Mm-hmm. So probably yeah. I mean, we always could we could always be not uh, me too. I could always be more mindful of what I'm doing with my life. Mm-hmm. Surely, mm-hmm. yeah. 
And also, yeah, it's just... It kind of also speaks to certain directionlessness, I think. Because you, you don't really know where you're going. These men know where they're going, but they don't know where they're going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's more about, yeah, like celebrating life, even if there are so many risks and mm -hmm. so many things going on. And yeah, anything can happen, but you're not thinking about it right now. I mean, maybe back then it was more like physical. You could die in a war. I mean, you could still die, but uh, <laughs> war could, I mean, that all could still happen. But um, maybe right now it's more about, again, like um, ignoring your demons for a while and just like, you know, dancing in circles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not perfect. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Certainly, I mean, their life probably wasn't too perfect. Mm, they yeah. probably had a really well, it hard... Was perfect mm -hmm. hours, yeah. Mm -hmm. so growing up mustn't have been too, too nice back then. Mm-hmm, exactly. I can relate with your interest in history because you're studying it, and yeah. then this poem is more like you can actually resonate with those people, kind of. That is really cool. Um, we also talked about unpredictability and... Um, that reminded me of the rhyming scheme of your poem, which is kind of unpredictable too, I think, because it's not following a like standard mm -hmm. rhyming scheme. I noticed that lines 2 and 4 rhyme, then there's a rhyme in line, line 13, and then there's another one uh, when because lines 18 and 20 also rhyme again. Mm -hmm. I really like that there are some rhymes in there. Um, yeah, but it's very unpredictable, I, I think, which I really like. Was it deliberate, for, like a deliberate choice to have, to construct it this way? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's been so long that I wrote this poem. Mm -hmm. I wrote this in, well, I began writing it, I don't know when exactly I began writing it, but I finished it in early February of 2017 mm -hmm. so the rhymes definitely weren't deliberate I think mm -hmm. what was deliberate there is a certain I think there's a, like a syllable structure to it mm -hmm. the f syllables are fixed at the lines um, as far as I remember but mm -hmm. not the rhymes I think I just I stuck to the syllables and then just uh, filled in what came to me Interesting that you mentioned that because I felt like I read the poem first silently and then I read it aloud to myself and when I read that and when you just read it I had the feeling that this has a very interesting rhythm Okay. Um, and to me it kind of represented um, music and then I figured it's very fitting that the rhythm of your poem is kind of like music that people could dance to. <laughs> so I was wondering if that was a thought you had that no. you wanted it to resemble music. No, I am. I am. I'm not trained, or I'm not very. My skill isn't very well honed as far as like the formal aspects of poetry are concerned. I sometimes try to write like formally strict poems, but I'm not very good at it. So I guess this was an accidental effect. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fascinating. Like mm -hmm. you don't even like intentionally do that, but people read so much into it and exactly. find stuff like that. 
Yeah. It's amazing, yeah. actually. Mm. I agree. It would have to be a very slow dance, though, if you danced to this poem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but there are slow dances. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it had to be like, would have had to be longer, like you would have to repeat and repeat. Yeah, but yeah. it, it would have to be like an epic poem. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm also rubbish at, because I can't, I can't write, you know, I can't write over several, I mean, this is of course the exception, because I wrote it on, t- on two different days, mm-hmm. but I'm very, diff- diff- very, um, very bad at continuing projects that I started. I have loads of, of things in my archives. That's just the beginning of an epic poem because I want to write poems like this, but I never come back to them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I like go back to them a year later or something, just when I feel inspired by the same thing, but not the way that I was a year before. So you just like cut it mm-hmm. in half and then continue again. Like another year, but then it turns out well. Some of them really turn out well, and I was surprised. Oh, cool. So, That's interesting. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've wanted to do that. Yes, but I often I'm, I find, if my former self is very is very strong or is very visible, and those poems I find that incredibly off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to a little more general questions, I'm wondering. Do you, where your ideas usually come from? This time it was from a photograph, as we mm. know, but yeah, what would you say? All over the place, really. I mean, uh, what I like to do is um, I like to go for walks through the city, and then I have my phone with me, and uh, I'll just <laughs> sometimes lines would come into my head, lines like the first two or three lines, which are mostly like, I don't know, a sentence or two will come into my head, I'll write them down in my phone. And later at home, I'll kind of extrapolate from the feeling that those lines give me because mm-hmm. I'd like to capture like to capture the feeling I have with a couple of lines. Apart from that, another thing I sometimes do is I just sit there in the evening and think about what I did that day, <laughs> and sometimes that gives me an idea, but it doesn't really work that well. Um, That's very interesting. You look back at your day and you come up with poems or yeah or sometimes yeah if I if I remember mm-hmm. um, like a an interesting interaction I had that day uh-huh. um, another thing is when I, I like the news are obviously like a big mm-hmm. inspiration uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, history also yeah. yeah when you just hear about an interesting story on the internet or somebody's life story something like that. Sure. It kind of comes to you from all over, and it, it, I don't really know how to explain, but some things strike a note in you and others don't, mm-hmm. and you kind of have mm-hmm. to go with the flow. True. Whatever evokes, like, the strongest emotion. Yeah. It that's, comes out as, a, as poetry. Yeah, that's <laughs> where, it com- where the poetry comes from, really, yeah, I think. I think so. Before we mentioned that you usually number your poems, and now I'm interested in, and I would like to know why. I started because I started to um, put them in one big work document to have an archive. Ah. I only had them like in my journal mm-hmm. and then later I transcribed them to my computer to be able to do editing more easily. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I, I also had the desire to know how many I'd already written. So I, I copied like the, my first journal's worth of poems on, into a word document and then numbered them to see how many I'd already written. 
So how many do you have? The last one was 165. Wow. Since when have, have you written those? Like, I mean, last year or...? I really only started writing uh, in my first semester of uni. I'm really hard remembering when that was. <laughs> I've, 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 this is my sixth semester of uni, so you can calculate that back from now. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't embarrass myself on this podcast. <laughs> We're all in the same. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, all our uh, good math uh, whiz kids audience people. Yeah. Yeah. This is the round of people who who don't don't do math at all. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and I I was very prolific at the beginning. I started sometime in the first semester. I think I had an interest in poetry. But I never really wrote any, and I never really wrote any either. I just had this vague interest, and... Yeah, I wasn't interested at all, like, thinking back. Before college, I wasn't even thinking about writing poems at all. Somehow, like, I liked reading them, some of them, but I had, like, I always wrote stories, and then all of a sudden, I just started writing poems. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, the high culture of university, <laughs> making an imprint on you, suddenly you write yeah. poetry. I, like... Improved so much and got so sophisticated. <laughs> no, it was just my first semester or something. I don't even know. Yeah. Maybe stay over influenced me. Maybe, yeah, because it's really like a tour, the poetry that you get. And I don't know if that was the first poem I wrote, but I think it was, well, the first po- series one. Um, Professor Tetterman invited an American poet to the university and the American poet she gave um, like a small course like one evening mm-hmm. and I, I went there and I, I've since forgotten the name of the poet and it's a bit embarrassing but yeah there I, I wrote a poem uh, like as an exercise Ooh, nice. the exercise was to uh, write from the perspective of a kiss <laughs> which is a really nice exercise I think wow. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Cool. When was this? In Steel? Yeah. Wow, where was I? <laughs> we didn't have those. Well, wow. I started to study way before Steel, so... I, never yeah. I think I started one semester before you. Yeah, that might be. <laughs> um, the thing was, I, I was, I felt really out of place there because it was, I think, me and then uh, the participants of the uh, Masters class that, uh, that in the, in the, over the course of which uh, Professor Tettleman actually organised mm-hmm. this uh, this meeting with the poets and she, <laughs> she, you know, she just mentioned it in her stay-up lectures that everybody can come if they want to uh, okay. and I'm, I, I don't, I'm not sure anymore but I might have been the only like, <laughs> fr- yeah, yeah, the only <laughs> freshman there <laughs> That's nice, yeah <laughs> And a follow-up question does the numbering of your poems motivate you to write? Oh sure, yes. I, it's a bit, it's a bit silly, <laughs> uh, but I, I like, uh, I like looking back at how many I've already yeah. written. Yeah. yeah. And uh, kind of also like it's, it serves as an organising tool, mm. and yeah, also you just kind of 
for the number of numbers you went through over a certain time or also can somehow say something about what you're going through mm. in your life if there's That's a lot true. to write about or not mm-hmm. or if you're very inspired mm-hmm. I can see why it, why it might be motivating you're like I already have 160 what was it one? four, four? I five I think five. <laughs> my brain can't process numbers <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you know, it's it's it sounds like it's, it sounds more than like more than it really is because most of them are rubbish. Most of them are good. That's well. if, I, if I if I if every single one was good, I'd I'd um, have a lot more things to to bring to universe than I do. No, I'm sure they're all fine, but we're always like so harsh on ourselves. Sure. And yeah. Sometimes feel the same. I'm like, oh, I gotta take this. <laughs> And sometimes I think it also changes really. I, I find myself especially mm-hmm. like the most the most intense and I think maybe you'll know this also immediately right immediately after you write something, most of the time you don't think very highly of it. But if you come back like a couple of weeks later, um for me if I come back a couple of weeks weeks later it's better than oh, I thought okay. it was yeah. immediately right immediately after yeah. writing it. And sometimes even if I don't like it then if like a couple of months pass, then I'll, I'll like it. I can relate to that because sometimes um, I forget about a story that I've written in the past and then I coincidentally kind of find it again and then I read it and I'm like, that's really good. Did, mm-hmm. I, yeah. did I really write that? And the annoying thing about that is you then forget how to do it or you think you've yeah. forgotten how to do it because mm-hmm. you're like, I, I, I'd never be able to write this right now. I don't know how to, I don't know how I wrote this. This is the problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I, ma- I made this, but I, I must be able because I continue mm-hmm. to do it every now and then. Exactly, yeah. yeah I think but... it's just that we think too much about it. We're like, I, I, I have to do this. I want to do it. Oh my God. No, I, it can't be bad. It can't be bad. Make it, it has to be good. It has to be good. So we kind of, yeah. Exactly, and at the time you don't see it that objectively, but after a while, once you forget it, it's like somebody else reading, like you're you're reading a story from somebody else, so you're more, like, objective to it. You don't have your own filter, Mm -hmm. sort of, your own Mm self-criticism, so you can see it actually the way it is, so it's actually a good thing to like it later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I guess, like, if you get into it again, you're gonna start seeing it from your own perspective again. Mm-hmm. So it's not gonna look as good, but maybe even if you continue, like later on, you're still gonna like it. It's mm. still gonna, it's still you, it's mm-hmm. your own writing. So, that's yeah. Really fascinating. I think you'll never see it entirely objectively, though, since it's still your own writing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But still. Agreed. But you know, what, especially concerning poetry, what is, what is objectively, <laughs> really? <laughs> But at least a little bit more apart or away from your yeah from your subjectivity. I think sometimes it can also improve the quality of a poem if you don't know what it's what the author meant. Yeah. Because it it, it opens more room for interpretation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I that's why I kind of like to be vague when I write mm-hmm. it. So that people can get different ideas from their mm-hmm. own perspective. I don't know. I mean, this is not storytelling, so they could just get whatever they want. And then there are so many great results. I'm actually really yeah. surprised what they yeah. make out of it. That's why I always had trouble writing poem analyses in school. 
because mm -hmm. we were pushed to write like it had one interpretation and one only mm -hmm. and if we didn't find that we were wrong yeah and i really hated that and i never whenever we usually had the choice between writing a poem interpretation and i don't know something else kind of like a story and i always took the story option because i never wanted mm -hmm. to, to interpret a poem yeah. in one way and then I read online somewhere, in a poem, the poet says the curtains were red. What your English-German uh, teacher makes you interpret is uh, the stands for the poet's depression, because red is such a depressing color. And what the poem really meant, the curtains were red. <laughs> True. <laughs> so I really like that, because as you said, there's always more than one meaning in a poem. Exactly. And I really like that about poetry. Yeah, that's why I don't like those like kind of literature classes in school, in, unless your teacher is super open-minded, mm -hmm. um, because you don't really know what the author actually meant. And in university, that's like the biggest difference because you just discuss it and you give your own opinion, mm -hmm. you give your own critical review, and nobody really questions that, mm -hmm. unless it's something like super famous and out there and now sometimes like Shakespeare stuff mm -hmm. are so strictly interpreted but mm -hmm. like others I really like that about university. I was always too scared to do the poem analysis in school. So I always did I always did the the discussion, mm -hmm. the topic discussion, mm -hmm. because I had opinions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my opinions were bad but I had opinions. <laughs> That's what matters. <laughs> As long as you can argue them, sure. you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, relating to that, um, did you have a particular kind of author of poetry that you like to read? Or still do? I mean. I, as hard as this is to admit, I don't own a single book of individual poetry. <laughs> That's what we have. Just... Have you ever read one? Uh, uh, I have I have the the uh, Northern anthology of English poetry, which is like this thick tome mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. like chosen works of English poetry from like old English to up to the nineteen nineties. Wow, I think that's really great, mm -hmm. but it's not very reader friendly because it's mm -hmm. so big and you know it's just one poet after the other. Mm -hmm. and also, language wise, I can. I mean, you can choose. You can I. Of course, yeah, I can't read. I can't read the old English ones, so, mm -hmm. but I I could read Sylvia Plath and the, mm -hmm. the more recent ones and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know why I picked Sylvia Plath there. She's <laughs> just in the more recent ones. Uh, no, I don't have. I don't have a couple of more individual ones that I like, um, but I'm very bad at remembering their names. Of course, I don't have like the one poet mm -hmm. that I'm into. Mm -hmm. uh, I think actually uh, the poets that I whose work I enjoy the most frequently isn't actually in the strict sense of the word a poet because he's a songwriter. It's uh, John Darnell from the Mountain Goats, okay. who was once by the New York Times uh, listed mm -hmm. in I think the. I think it was one of the few non-rappers in there. Uh, that, like top 100 lyricists in music. Wow, wow okay. <laughs> but that's a good way of seeing it because I actually also have like songwriters that I like whose work that I really love, mm -hmm. but I never considered them like poets. 
Which they obviously are. Because, I mean, like, the, yeah, it's so interesting. My last, I think two semesters ago, which was my last semester where I actually had classes at the department, I wrote about Bob Dylan and him winning the Nobel Prize for Literature and if song lyrics can be considered poetry or not. And that was really, really interesting. So what's your, what's your verdict as the expert here? Um, my verdict is it works both ways. My verdict is um, originally poems were um, kind of sung to the, the music of a, li of a lyra. Mm -hmm. um, so originally they started out as songs and then it developed in a different way and they just were spoken and not sung anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think if you keep that in mind and take the origin a really famous poem and try to sing it, it usually works out really well mm -hmm. and vice versa. If you take a song and just read it, it also works because it has strong and powerful words. I mean, not every song does, but the songs that do. So I think that is an indication that they are related and that they are twins, basically. So for me, they are kind of similar. I wouldn't say that they are necessarily exactly the same thing, because as we know, a lot of songs are not very poetic. Mm -hmm. But I think they can be, and some of them really, yeah, really are. Yeah, actually, now I think about it that way, it's true. Um, there is this Irish singer called Dermot Kennedy, if you know it. Mm -hmm. He is so great with that. Like you should check his. Also, our audience should check his songs and lyrics mm -hmm. out. Um, it's so like when he sings, it's also not like a typical song. I feel like it's he has a lot to say, but he does it in a, such a great way that it doesn't like. It's not like because in some songs. I feel like they're just shouting at you the lyrics. Like mm -hmm. if the lyrics are have some kind of message, they're just like talking the lyrics mm -hmm. kind of. But with him, it's like he manages to do it in such a way that it's just like really striking, and you get like it really resonates with the music mm -hmm. and the words, and it's just so deep. It's so mm -hmm. amazing, and you can make out so many meanings. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like actually, that is real poetry. That is. Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. That's what I like about John Daniel as well. That's he leaves so much room for interpretation. I often I find myself listening. I, I, so when I like music, I, what I do usually so I, I listen to it over at least listen to an album over and over and over until I can't hear it anymore. <laughs> and John Daniel, his music is the only music I can I can listen to over and over and over again. I still like it because. Every time I listen to a song, I might come to a different uh, mm -hmm. yeah. interpretation. I just like every single line of his. And then also, when you look up what he meant, sometimes there is, you know, he says something about the song, mm -hmm. songs at concerts. Mm -hmm. There's so much depth and so much meaning. Like, I, I did a last semester, I had a class where we were t um, asked to write an album review. And I wrote an album review of his latest album, Goths. So I went in for a week mm -hmm. and looked up what he meant with the lyrics. And I literally got like an introduction into 1980s Southern California, <laughs> early goth and punk scene. Which I would never have, like, I would never have heard of any of these bands, of any of these clubs, of any, any of the lifestyle. And also, yeah, I would never have learned this much about drugs and taking drugs, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, 
driving away from the police while completely <laughs> high on artificial drugs or something like that. Yeah. It shows you a whole another world. A whole so. another world that I would never have been able to, to mm. dive into. Wow. Maybe we should list those artists down. Sure, I'll put I'll put them so in the show notes. Yeah. Out. Good idea. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that. Um, I mean, Ellie and me know because we've heard some of your poetry, but maybe for our listeners, it's also interesting to know do your poems usually rhyme? I don't know. What do you say? Do they? Yeah. No, they don't. Is I don't it think so. Never consciously construct them, so maybe not always, but. Sometimes I try to. I try sometimes to, to, to do it. Uh, it's easier, of course, to make them rhyme than it is to make them like formally correct with uh, like syllables and mm. and meter and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's the same as always with poetry. It kind of has to. Sometimes it flows. Sometimes mm-hmm. the rhymes just keep coming, and other times the words are fine and without rhymes as well. Mm-hmm. So, would you say you construct your poems then? I mean, I'm sure there's there's a certain element of construction mm-hmm. to it, especially when you you um, mull over the words in your head before you write them down, and mm-hmm. and you correct it later. So there's certainly construction to it, but it's not not very strictly, not very, strictly, not very highly constructed mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Are there, like going back to your poem, are there any more allegory that we, we don't see yet? Are there any more meaning behind it? I mean, it's, it's all quite literal, isn't it? No, not really. I mean, that's all okay. pretty much out in the open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. In this case, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's different when you write something about like personal, something really personal, then mm-hmm. you might be a bit more vague. And then also, of course, people might miss something that you, as the author, meant. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, of course, also kind of the purpose. Um, I don't know if it's the purpose, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a nice aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I felt like it wasn't that literal just because we talked about how it's like representing the, like, how life is unpredictable mm-hmm. and all that. And mm-hmm. I was wondering if there's more to it, maybe in that sense. But I guess not. No, not really, no. Okay. Just making sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have one very, I think, difficult question. I wouldn't know what to answer if I would be asking that question. I'm interested. (laughs) Exciting. Can you say why you write poems? (laughs) 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 Okay, that is a difficult question. So my first approach would be, um, if I write a poem, mm-hmm. a specific one, um, my first approach of answering the question is, that is, when I write poems, what do I achieve? want to achieve in the moment? And what I want to achieve in the moment, I suppose, is just uh, getting the words out. Kind of mm-hmm. the words have a way of, when you have the first two or three lines that sound good, you kind of want to continue with that, the 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 words want to be the words want to be continued. Mm-hmm. I know the words don't have their own will, 
it's all me doing this, but... They do have their own will. Yeah. It feels like it. It it really feels like the words Mm -hmm. have their own will. And I suppose, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before on the podcast in a very early panel episode, of course, that poetry is like a valve for you, for expressions and emotions and... I think we talked about it in the pilot episode, the first one. Yeah, a way of dealing with emotions. We kind of already touched on it. Would you say that there are certain themes or topics that you particularly like to address with your poetry? Not consciously. When you look back at your yeah, 165 that's the poems, thing. Yeah, what do you notice? When I look back, there, I kind of, there's, it's possible to kind of put them together in folders and uh, this, this one would be filed in the, the history poem mm-hmm. folder. Mm-hmm. I have that folder. Mm-hmm. I have the mental stuff folder. I have the, I don't know, love and relationships folder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's uh, cool. <laughs> um, I have a politics folder, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I think Marie noticed that a couple of universe meetings ago that I'm the only universe member who brings anything political. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed, yeah. Yeah, I had one that they said, like, this is so cultural purist kind of thing. (laughs) I don't know, it wasn't really political, but it was like that. You should say that, like, whenever you're being asked about, is there, like, a political motive, or did you mean it, like, like, Foucault said, yeah, 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 totally, that's exactly what I was going (laughs) to Yeah, that's exactly what I planned. But I remember some of your poetry, like, um, that they're, yeah, they're usually, like, relating to history, and there was one that came off kind of like a criticism, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, that's more like a mixture of politics and history. Yeah. The politics of history, so to speak. They come together. Yeah, so they come together. Yeah. They. Or the history of politics. Um, I mean, most uh, history that's been written is the history of politics. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, True. I have another one that's basically about growing up and growing older. Growing older in air quotes, like mm-hmm. changing, I guess, in your early 20s, mm-hmm. as you do a lot, I suppose. I think you did say that you were just expressing your own sort of stands for it kind of and not you didn't have in mind to criticize or um i don't know uh yeah be a critique of that historical situation you just said that you were simply expressing so i was wondering if you were like consciously constructing any ideologies or ideas in your poetry do you want to give a message to the world or is there some kind of an aim like that, or not at all? I mean, sure, my poetry is is, is uh, influenced by my politics, and it comes through. I think, especially my recent uh, poems that I've now <laughs> called uh, the politics of history, which is not my term. <laughs> this is like a semi-technical term, of course, of history in general. Um, I don't know. Yeah. As, most of my poems about history, for instance, are about how Austria deals with its own past. Mm. Yeah. Uh, not very well, <laughs> in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
my most recent ones, one I think was a Javid Imperialism, mm -hmm. the diary entry one. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that one? Yes, I think I do. But it's not like I want. I I sit down and and like yeah. Now I want to. I have this this very uh, this very stringent ideology in my head, and now I want to <laughs> put this ideology in a poem and bring it to the universe and bring it to the people. <laughs> That's not how it works. It's, I suppose it's just you know, it's what you think about and mm -hmm. what bothers you, and mm -hmm. then you. She put that into words. Again, it's about how you react to it and what you feel about it. Yeah. And to simply put it out and express it. Kind of. Exactly. Rather than like, I want to educate people on it or I want them <laughs> to know that this is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Totally. Do you share your poems elsewhere or only with us at Universe? I had a Tumblr for a while, but not really, no. The only place I share okay. my poems are is the Universe, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I've been meaning to, I've been meaning to create a blog for ages now, but I <laughs> problem is I I'm really bad at coming up with names, and now I'm stuck, I'm, which is ridiculous. I'm hung up in looking for a name, and I'm I, I've come up with so many things I want to write about and things that I'd like to put on the blog, but I don't start writing them because I don't have a name yet for the blog, which is like the most ridiculous mental problem of a card or anything that you can have to creativity. I can't do this now. I don't have a name yet for the place where I'll put it. That's just so hilarious. <laughs> do you write about people that you know and then try to conceal that and make them look different More than they are? If I'm honest, uh, not many other people appear in my poetry, really. It's very, it's, it's very, it's incredibly <laughs> egocentric. It's just this big exercise in self, I don't know, ex exploration sounds too positive. <laughs> no, um, hardly any other. I, I suppose what, what appears is the effects or like of relationships with people mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. stuff like that but and do you think those people would recognize themselves in your poetry oh sure i mean if i told them they probably would but you know it's it's always an extremely unspecific i think mm -hmm. so it's not like I say like you, <laughs> then describe the person. But <laughs> if you if you describe a feeling that you had and the feeling was inspired out of a particular relationship that you had mm -hmm. with somebody, um, the feeling might uh, be you know they might they can't recognize the feeling, but they you know they might recognize what it's about. Mm -hmm. But no, in general, since hardly any, you know, there's always one pretty much disembodied speaker, I suppose, uh, as far as I know my stuff, and saying stuff, nobody really, nobody else really appearing in there. <laughs> as I said, it's pretty egocentric. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't call it that way. It's more like abstract, <laughs> about like your perspective on things rather than yeah, so yeah, it's very much characters. my perspective. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's totally allowed. You can give your perspective. I think sometimes 
we aren't given enough room to give our own perspectives, so it's very nice if we can do that in literature. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so. It's a way of self-expression as well. So, Anna, I'm taking back... I'm wrenching my hosting duties away out of your hands, back into my <laughs> podcasting hands, and asking you uh, to tell me where people can find you on the internet. It's called Elika Blogspot, C O A T or something. You're gonna write I'll it down. Put it in the description. The description below, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where I share my poetry and travels, um, and I also have an Instagram page where I uh, discover and review um, secret alternative cafes on Instagram. So if you're interested in that, please check that out. You can find my blog under detintenfish.wordpress.com and there I publish almost everything that I write, my German things, my English things, poems and prose and everything in between. Uh, you can find me since I... Please, uh, if you have suggestions for the name of my blog, just... <laughs> Uh, send them in. Send them in. <laughs> contact me. I'll tell you the contact details later. Please. Just give me ideas. <laughs> I beg you. <laughs> uh, so far, you can find me on Twitter at Leo Engelmeyer, which I'll also put in the show notes. This was episode 12 of the Universe podcast. If you enjoyed it and would like to hear more of us, make sure to subscribe to the Universe podcast wherever you're listening to it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it would be very nice of you to leave us a review and tell us what you think about the podcast. On the one hand, we'd very much appreciate knowing what you think, and on the other hand, this helps other people find the podcast. And tell all your friends about it. Comments? Questions? You can reach us on Twitter, we're at PodUniverse, on Facebook, or on our email address, podcast at universe.univ.org where you can send all your suggestions to for the name of Leo's blog. This podcast was edited by Leonhard Engelmeyer. The hosts by Charlotte Zerz and Elivnaz Kavalji. The guest on this episode was also Leonhard Engelmeyer. On the editorial board for this episode were both hosts, Charlotte Zerz and Elivnaz Kavalji. I hope you visit this planet in the universe again. In the meantime, stay safe in space. Thanks for listening.